Welcome to the China Jedi Podcast. Shining humor, love, and light on Chinese life. For those living, working, or traveling in China, or interested in learning about Chinese culture, expat life, and foreigners' perceptions. May the smile be with you. My eyes are clear, clear than the mist in the cloudy morning. China Jedi legal disclaimer. Please listen carefully. What you hear on this pod may or not be the truth, may or not be funny, rude, or damn right stupid. If statements are made by certain individuals from the human race that go against your preconceptions, conceptions, false conceptions, and selections, faith, tastes, or personal philosophies, please take it with a light-hearted sigh and slight shrug of the shoulder. Hold your head up high, knowing that you are a better person than they are, and that one day the force will strike down on them with great vengeance of furious laughter and unconditional frivolous forgiveness. Ding ba dong, you got it all wrong. The things that I've been saying, you've been listening to the wrong side. Hello listeners and welcome to China Jedi Podcast, episode 21. We are recording live from Wafa 68, sitting above the beautiful Pagoda Lake on a Sunday morning, not too late, situated in the heart of Zhuhai City, mainland China, nestled between Hong Kong and Macau. Yes, listeners, I'm your host, Chris J. Bradshaw. As always, and my co-host, esteemed or non-esteemed, is... Anthony C. Benton, again. I tell you Hello. what, I tell you what, Mr. B, I almost feel like we're in the south of France on our summer holidays. Yeah, it's hot today, huh? Being appropriate as well with that lovely French uh, introduction. Is it lovely French accent. And of course that is coming from none other than a very, another special guest, Anthony, who is... Thomas Sial. Thomas Sial. Yeah. Do you want to ask about the origin of that name, Anthony? I'm kind of curious. <laughs> He's always curious about the, the female guests that we have, Tom. Oh, Never really asked about the males. Sial, what is the origin of that name? Do you know your surname? Sial, no, it's S-I-L-L-A-R-D. Very French. Oh, Silard. Yeah, Silard. Well, in England we call him... Well, where I'm from, in the southwest of England, we talk like our R's are really pronounced, so we call him Silard. Oh, You're right there, Sillard. You really are. You are Sillard. <laughs> but but in France, it's it's Sillé. Sillard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah double L is yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're definitely missing the ard bit. Yeah. Yeah. Got to get a bit harder. We we get it soft. Okay. Well, anyway, it's fantastic to have you in our first French guest. Indeed, one of uh, a lovely one of our neighbours. Can we do love French, don't we, the Brits? Of I mean, course. not to get all stereotypical or anything, but we do, don't we? There are our little brothers over the fence, or totally. Our non- brothers in arms. Well, we're probably half French anyway, aren't we? Well, and all the words, of course, generally we use Anthony. Um, a lot of them come from the the French uh, language, don't they? Does it? Yeah, English. English has got lots of uh, French in it. I feel like we also in French have a lot of uh, English words that we just... Yeah, all those battles from. over hundreds of years going backwards and forth. Right? See the diplomacy there? That was marvellous, wasn't it? Well, it's true, though. I think they do have some. <laughs> no, we do. So, um, off the language, uh, Tom, because of course yeah. you are fluent linguist to English and many other languages, why are you in China? How long have you been in China for? What was the story that brought you here? I've been in China for seven years now. Uh, I came here to do some quality control. I was uh, sent by a French company. I'm in the dental business. Oh, okay. We manufacture crowns and dentures. Smile, Anthony. Dental. No. What's his teeth <laughs> like, by the way? Give, give him a little. Do good. Yeah. 
Not too bad. Uh, for an Englishman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a bad rap for our teeth, don't we? Especially with our friends over the Atlantic I didn't Ocean. know that, actually. I didn't know that was a... The Americans, yeah, they give us loads of stick for our teeth, don't they? The Americans are really yeah, funny do. about teeth. Oh, I thought you meant French, yeah. right? No, no, okay. no, no, of course, the Atlantic. Well, anyway, let's not talk about them today. Um, so, yeah, you, you were in quality control. Yes. What were you doing? Looking at the quality of people's I teeth? Ju- yeah, I was making sure that the, the crowns and dentures made in China were good enough and... Uh, up to the standards of uh, the French market, so we can send them back to France. And did you have a lot of challenges on your hands to do that? You know, were well, the, were yeah, the teeth tea fish enough? That's that's difficult because um, in a normal dental lab, you uh, see just like maybe five to ten crowns a day, and uh, being here, we were up to a few hundred crowns per day. Yeah. So you obviously don't look at the, the, the teeth the same way and uh, I've seen a lot more in my few years I think I've seen a lot more mouth than uh, uh. 30 years uh, of experience dental technician wow. in France so you check the quality of them for use in China yeah not to be sent back no, to, to be, the west to be sent yeah. back to oh France. wow so people that get crowns and dentures and what have you in, in uh, sorry in the west they're still made in China yeah well what, what oh. isn't no, but I, I, yeah, it makes sense, I guess. Everything's made in China, but I just never thought of something like that, you know? Well, so we don't really well, talk about this, do we? So it's, it's an interesting business. I just assumed that when you went to the dentist in England or France or Germany, wherever, well, that it was just made locally, but... So even people's teeth are made in China oh, yeah. now. And he tries them on. He puts them in his mouth before he's set. That's right, isn't it? No, 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 no. Oh, I got that bit wrong. You're going to scare no, people. No, that, that's... Um, that, each, each crown, each denture is really made for one person. There is no way that it can fit in somebody's else. Uh, <coughs> totally, so you've totally tried it, have you? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you try to look goofy, you put the denture in your mouth. <laughs> so give, give, give me an example of how a quality would fail. What would be wrong? Oh, there are so many things that can go wrong. Okay. Really Something, t- give me the worst. Uh, the worst would be that basically everybody's uh, teeth are from, uh, have a different shade or color, if you <laughs> yes. prefer, right? Okay. So obviously when the dentist is uh, sending the, the order to us, uh, what kind of product he wants or whatever, he gives us also the, the shade sure. of the patient. So it's very easy to get that wrong. If you if you have mm. something that is supposed to be more on the white side and you make something very yellowish, mm. then it just really yeah. stands out. And, and then we don't see that, and we send it, send it back. Usually the customer is not really happy. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but but I guess they just place it in first, right, before they glue it in. Oh, yeah, 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 and they, so they see, and yeah, then, they have to, but then they have to wait longer, so, I guess. Actually, now with the experience, when I when I see the the order, I just look at the shade. I know all of them, so when I see the crown, I know instantly if mm. I mean the sure. it's correct or not. Okay. So. What about like uh, quality of the material? And ever it's, like anything that's like too soft? No, it's it's all the same. All the materials they use now in China have to be uh, C. EU? No, CE. ECU? EC, the uh, European. The quality. Uh, yes, yeah. European. Um, yeah, EC. Exactly, yeah. EC. Um, okay, very nice. So, has it been a, a growing business? Um, I mean, yes. clearly, yeah. It's, yes. um, what about the domestic market, though? Is that something that's. That's something that I've been trying to uh, work on for a while. I, I do have offices uh, here mm. in a, a company. I worked with uh, some dentists uh, in Zhuhai. And I still do, uh, but it's I'm too, I'm too busy with uh, with what I have uh, with friends. Do you know the Smile Dentist, the local one? Do you deal with them? The one, the one in Xinjiang. Yeah, near the Workers Stadium. No, 
Yeah, that's where I've okay. been. Yeah, yeah I, I go there as well. They're pretty good. Like, I went, very yeah. new and modern. And I, I would say, actually say that I had a bit of a bad experience, but we won't need to get into that for the listeners <sighs> today. Um, implants are obviously a little bit more technical, aren't they? As a dentist to, to do, it, so. it is difficult. Yeah, but uh, it's also it's it's like anything. You you it's so easy to find a bad dentist. Mm. And uh, I have one more quick um, question. What's it made from? Like the crowns and the porcelain. That's porcelain. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. Interesting. Are you finished with your questions, Anthony? It's scientific stuff. I like science. I'm sure. As always, our guests will be staying behind after the studio. You can talk yeah, to them more about true. it. <laughs> Tell me all sorts. Um, okay. Great. Well, um, with a big smile, um, let's move on to the next section, shall we? Sunday morning question of the week. Sunday morning. Yes, then. So, Sunday morning. Here we are. What question have I been given by our researchers to ask, I may say? Oh, this looks a good one. Yeah, I'm more interested in who sent in the question, that's always... Well, that's topic time, isn't it, Norm? I think the researchers babble around with this, don't they? Oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you need to ask them some more questions, Anthony. <laughs> OK, here we go. Sunday morning question of the week. If you had access to a time machine, where and when would you go? Ooh, if you had access to a time machine, where and where... Where and when, should I say, would you go? Anyone want to come up with a spontaneous hit on that one? Should we let our guest go first, or do you need to think for a moment? I'd probably go back to uh, like the, the 80s. Ooh. Really? Just to the 80s? Yeah. Any particular kind of... Because, I mean, you were young in the 80s, so does that mean you um, wanted to go back when you... Yeah, because I just feel like... Uh, like and eventually, I mean, the question or something, taking it a bit further, but like... Uh, would I be able to just stay there and uh, like st- start again? Um... Now listen, don't get deep okay. on the China Devil. We don't go deep. <laughs> I would do two things. My, my first instinct would be the future because I love technology and human progression and I'm hoping, really hoping that humans have a bright future and that we're going to keep making strides forward. So I would love to see the technology of the future <clears throat> and see, you know, human progress, hopefully that, you know, maybe a long time in the future as well, you know, well, like give us at a least date. 500 you've got, years. You've got to tell me. So 500 years in the, the future. Okay, so. I, I hope war's eliminated, we've got all sorts of like really cool, crazy we technology. Might well be robots. You know, possibly, you know. So then, was, then I'll change my answer, I'll go back to uh, dinosaur time. Ooh. Ooh, that could, could be, be dangerous. dangerous. The other thing, just the other thing I would do be. first is go back in time to maybe 19... 86, so I would be 13, and I would go and visit myself, and I would say one word. Google. <laughs> Don't forget Google. Yeah. Register Google. Write it down. <laughs> Put in five pounds of shares, whatever, just in there. Google. You see, you're being too complex there. <laughs> no, I think, simple, just Google. I'm, I'm hoping a lot of the listeners listening now would agree with what I'm about to say that's just come into my head, um, and that is... <laughs> I would go to the future, probably next weekend, and I would get the numbers for the European <laughs> lottery. Okay. I would win the lottery, and then, okay, look, with right, all the then. money in the world, you can't go back in time or forward in time. So they say. But that would be, for me, my first practical thing, because, you know, I'm not into money, but money allows you to do a lot of things, yeah? Um, so, okay, I'm sure some, I hope some listeners would agree with me on that. But yeah, dinosaur time in the future... Yeah, I was definitely thinking in the future would be interesting. But of course, if you had to stay there, would you? That would well, be a chance, wouldn't it? Probably. 
because I just I really well no one needs you I, I have faith so. that <laughs> human progress will always continue to get better I hope so unless some catastrophic event like really screws things up I think human progress is always going forward so okay. yeah if I could go forward yeah, and stay there I'd probably have a great time and you're you're back in the 80s <clears throat> which uh, yeah interesting for the same reason as you just mm. like for not, uh, not like a bet on sports uh, yeah uh, stuff like that so my football team were the team of the 80s so Liverpool like that not, not the right? 60s free love all that cool music. No, really. And not, you know, not you that know, far, Thomas I'm, I'm and I connected to that, uh, to that time because I'm too young, I guess. And also, we get our love for free anyway, Anthony. <laughs> that is true. Right. Um, <laughs> let's move on, shall we? To my favourite. Guess who? We've got to remember. Okay, then. Guess who? As I said, my favourite game. Um, have you listened to some pods before? Yes. Yeah. So the guess who you know we we I describe some information yes. about the um, God, the French. It's my favourite part of the show. The one that I always get wrong. Terrible liars, <laughs> aren't they, the French? Terrible liars. I know I shouldn't be so general, but um, okay. I'm only joking, listeners. Yes, we we give some facts, and you have to guess who it is. If you do know who it who it is, don't shout it out now because we're going to come back at okay. the end because the listeners might not know. He certainly won't know. Um, oh, there's big chances for me not to know. Also, <laughs> the biggest clue I can give you is they're Chinese. Yeah, because we're in China. You like that? Makes sense. That? Yeah. Okay. Here we go then. Uh, clue number one, Anthony and uh, Thomas. This person was in the traditional Chinese calendar, born in 544 BC in the Qi state. Not as in he was in the state of Qi, as in, you know, a kind of non-physical state. It was an actual physical state, listeners. Um, he died in 496 BC, therefore age 48. Yeah, now I have a big question mark about that because apparently no one actually knows his true birthday, really. Yeah, it's just come through sources. So actually all of this could be absolutely nonsense. Um, so no one knows his Western or Chinese horoscope, which of course would have helped you a great deal. Uh, no one really knows the exact date of his arrival. And also, um, guys, no one seemingly knows how um, tall he was. Um, or if he played ping pong with his left <laughs> or right hand. Uh, anyway, so. sources do agree. You're quite a good table tennis player. I remember playing you a few times. Yeah, no, definitely not your level. Yes, yeah, so I did have to move on, I have to say, um, to something better. Sources agree that this person was born in the late spring and autumn period. I've said that. And he was active as a general and strategist, serving King Hulu of Wu in the late 6th century BC, beginning around 512 BC. His victories then inspired him to write a book that was one of the most widely read military treaties or treatises in the subsequent warring states period, a time of constant war among seven nations. Zhao, Qi, Jin, Chu, Han, Wei, and Yan, who fought to control the vast expanse of fertile territory in eastern China. Sound like six naughty brothers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> One of the more well-known stories about this person, taken from Sima Qian, who's a person, illustrates his temperament as follows. Before hiring him, the King of Wu tested his skills by commanding him to train a harem of 180 concubines into soldiers. Imagine having that task on Monday morning. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's training a harem of concubines. I thought you'd like that did one. He, does it, did he get to train them in all aspects? Listen or to the story, warfare? Anthony. He divided them into two companies, appointing the two concubines most favoured by the king as the company commanders. 
When he first ordered the concubines to face right, they giggled. In response, he said that the general, in this case himself, was responsible for ensuring that soldiers understood the commands given to them. Fair enough, you don't giggle, do you, in that situation? Hmm. Then he reiterated the command, and again the concubines giggled. Can you give us a giggle sound effect? <laughs> he then ordered the execution of the king's two favoured concubines oh, to the yeah. king's protests. He was really going wow, down the line yeah, of authority there. Concubines, they're going to be good at something, aren't they? Yeah, that's pretty. He's got. He obviously had some bulls. Yeah, probably at least two of them. Um, <laughs> Maybe to, not to do that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, what was that? The Enochs. A lot of them who looked after the concubines in ancient Chinese were were Enochs. They were castrated. Serviced them. Um, (laughs) Okay, so he explained to the king that if the general soldiers understood their commands but did not obey, it was the fault of the officers. He also said that once a general was appointed, it was his duty to carry out his mission, even if the king protested. After both concubines were killed, new officers were chosen to replace them, Afterwards, both companies, now well aware of the costs of further frivolity, performed their manoeuvres flawlessly. I guess you would, wouldn't you? Sima Qian claimed that he later proved on the battlefield that his theories were effective. For example, at the Battle of Boju, he had a successful military career and that he wrote his now famous book based on his tested expertise. However... The Zhuozhuan, a historical text written centuries earlier than the Shirji, provides a much more detailed account of the Battle of Boju, but does not mention our guess who at all. Which flips that one completely on its head. I think for the purpose of this guess who today, and to the listeners, we've got to say that this is a real story. Okay. Yeah. Um, some of his famous quotes to get your saliva drooling. Okay. All warfare is based on deception, which I like because I've certainly seen a lot of it Deception, especially here. Last quote. Hence, to fight and conquer in all your battles is not supreme excellence. No, no, no. Supreme excellence consists in breaking the enemy's resistance without fighting. Indeed. And I actually would say that if you take that as an Asian sentiment, I've seen that and experienced that a lot. I mean, not fighting, I have to say, uh, uh, with any Asians, but certainly the way that business and the way that things are communicated here, I do find are much more indirect. And it's certainly the same in other parts of Asia I've lived well, in. This is something that we've uh, all uh, read. Uh, yeah. To, to, yeah. To Asian in general, I'd say. Not, not only in China, but yeah, they, they, they are not as direct as we are in... Uh, yeah. In, in warfare, you mean? The, well, no, just generally as in a... For pretty much everything in life. Yeah. For example, if I didn't like you, probably in the West... For me to show me punching you and drawing blood from you and beating you would actually be seen more as a better defeat for you and me a victory. Whereas I think over here, and I'm pretty generalising here... They would tell everyone to hate you. No. (laughs) Or you would be absolutely hated absolutely without knowing it was coming from me. So there wouldn't be any fights or direct obviousness. But you would be... You Mm, would succumb to me. Stab you in the back. Kind of like that. And so I ask you the question, what's the cleverest? Because I would suggest that one is. That's the best form of defeating someone. Well, if you're talking warfare and deviousness, yeah, of course. General life, Anthony. If you're talking about general life, you know, to me, I prefer confrontation, you know. Yeah. If I, I, to be honest, if I dislike someone, I don't generally punch them in the face or tell them I don't like them. I'll probably just avoid that person. Yeah. Whereas I found here, people will still be very nice to your face, happy and smiling and blah, blah, blah. 
But then you find out further down the line that they've been saying all sorts of terrible things about you behind your back. And I, to be honest, I've never really had that much trouble. The only time I've had that is with, say, customers. Yeah. With certain business aspects. Uh, very few, because most of the time, you know, customers have been very happy. But now and again, you know, they've been really happy and smiling to your face. And then I've heard from other customers all the terrible things that they've been saying and the strife they're trying to cause. And I don't but really like that. What, 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 what it reminds approach. me because of uh, the, the different approach of uh, facing a conflict here mm. is uh, changes also the definition of the word coward. Because mm. what say again? What is sorry. the definition of coward, Anthony? Yeah, what is the definition? You said? But no, it changes the definition. Change. Yeah, because for us to be a coward would be to be doing what they're doing here to 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 to, to be in conflict with someone. Yeah. To, mm. to not be direct about it to go around yeah, and right. other ways whereas here what 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 would be what would be being a coward Cle clever coward maybe then that's uh, yeah. so, uh, cc yeah clever coward CC, but in that. this could be Anthony, i have to say a researcher's it is indeed it is a very good topic <laughs> and i remember when i lived in japan there's no such word in japan for no they never say no <laughs> really yeah So, for example, I'm trying to get it back. Uh, they will say, if you say, oh, would you like to do that? It won't be a yes, it will be a maybe. Which I believe is so desne. I think that's a so politeness thing, isn't it, it? it? But it's a polite no, and you come to know that, you know, as in any culture with that. But again, so, uh, so, um, here's a quote. All warfare is based on deception. Yes. What we're talking about is deception. Which is true. Yeah. So a lot interesting of that going on in modern politics right now, right? We don't deceive anyone, do we? China Jedi, Anthony. <laughs> We're not. right down the line. Bloody noses and all. Apart from telling people how handsome you are. Yeah. Okay, thank you, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on, shall we? To, um, ooh. Oh, later, we'll come back to that. Any ideas, by the way? I'm Maybe, but I might be confusing it with a certain Japanese general. Ooh. You know your generals. Um, <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, okay, great. We'll come back later. Um, hope you're doing better, listeners. Yeah, it's the way, but the way. Because this is just the way it's meant to be. The way, but the way, then. Um, correct, not correct. So I'm going to shoot you a fact, and you're going to tell me if it's correct or absolute rubbish. And at the end, you've got to decide either true or false together. This time, or a straight oh, well, one. I have to see. So here we go, then. Um, Tom, what do you think of this? One school. <clears throat> Rebuilt with tobacco money in Quake Ravage, Sichuan province, now carries the name of a local cigarette brand. One school rebuilt with tobacco money in Quake Ravage, Sichuan province, now carries the name of a local cigarette brand. Are we allowed to know the cigarette brand name? No, just discuss what I've just said. I could, believe, um, I could totally believe that. Uh, I have absolutely uh, no idea whether it's uh, <laughs> correct or I, I won't be able to say, but I, it, it wouldn't really surprise me. I think there's a few examples of areas in China where there's not necessarily, like we talked about last week, Sock City, mm. um, where there's generally not much going on in that area and then some sort of business happens to build a factory or whatever there and it just boomf develops suddenly just because of simply because of that business yeah so i could see if a business wanted to attract attention to the area a lot of chinese families care about the schools yeah, right? yeah, so yeah. And, uh, they, they do need to have like the workers and uh, so what they could do is make schools for them and uh, for, for the for the kids 
Tobacco schools. See, now I'm looking at Chris's face and I can see him relishing the idea that I'm really into this and believing it. <laughs> yeah. He's hoping that I'm going to say true because you know, he wants me to be wrong. Do you know so what I was I'm thinking, Anthony? I think I should maybe say false. Do you know what though. I was thinking, though, right? I was going to ask Toma, does he know of any place in China called Teeth Town? <laughs> I bet you there is Probably. somewhere. Well, it could be Shenzhen. Actually, there is a lot of uh, yeah. dental lab over there. So. A lot of dental labs going yeah. on in Shenzhen. More yeah. than in Zhuhai. Your dental lab is a dental section, by the way. Is it in your house, or, or do you have a like a factory? Oh, or no. me, I, I work with a supplier, so okay. I don't. My my office is just it's tiny. Just yeah, yeah, very, in around. I, ju- I I don't need any uh, material. I just uh, you plug in and you plug out. Yeah. Yeah, good. Exactly. Good plugger. Okay. So, guys, um, what we're thinking, um, along comes a um, tobacco company, offers some money, I guess it, and then um, builds a school. It sounds of odd, right, because you're trying to... You shouldn't associate children, ideally, with cigarettes. So a school named after cigarettes could, in the West, be seen as a little bit detrimental uh, to children's think, health, yeah, right? The they, they, they don't see yeah, cigarettes just, the same way. Yeah. Here, I could... See it being quite normal. Okay, so uh, let's wrap this up. You've got to agree. So is that true or false then, gentlemen? Really, we've got an alliance between an Englishman and a Frenchman. You though. have to, yeah. <laughs> Special day. What are you thinking? Tyler, would you I, want to go with this? I would say true, but what do you think? I'd say true also. Yeah. Okay. okay. We'll agree on so true So that's, that's your final answer. Bouet. Yeah. And you're absolutely sure about it. You that, look so you? happy about it. I really think we should say <laughs> Boudoir. I'm just asking if that's your final answer. He loves me being wrong, like, that's 90% okay. of the that's time. Okay. It's, okay it's not, Anthony, I'm just used to you being you wrong. just... Nasty man. At you. least, uh, at least we we're gonna learn something. I'm guessing. So. Yeah, absolutely. That's the way to look at it. Yeah, smile and all. I'm gonna say Dway, but I have a feeling that it's gonna be false. Okay, well you know, you know, like <laughs> what is it? Glee in your face. You should always generally go with your feeling. Yeah, heart over your head. Would you agree I, with that? I, I I'm not sure so much. It was a feeling. I would just it was just thoughts really of how things are in China and how it just wouldn't surprise so me. So you told a porky on the China Jedi show, yeah. I told a porky. Well, you said it was a feeling, now you say it's not did a feeling. I, did I say it was a feeling? You're changing your mind like, okay. like I don't go know what. Now, are you going to change your mind? No, 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 no. go on, Dway. Okay. Me and Thomas are in a corner. You mean carry on? together. Okay, so this is it. Finally done. Dway. Okay, here we go then. So the Dway the Dway was one school, listeners, rebuilt with tobacco money in Quake Ravis, Sichuan province, now carries the name of a local cigarette brand. These guys said true, unfortunately... Because it's true. Yay! Got one right. High five. Well done. You go. Look at the French and the English. Photos of that. Put up on our studio wall. Marvelous. Okay. Send well, to the embassies. So a little bit more information on this. Sichuan Tobacco Hope Primary School. Um, <laughs> that sounds so wrong. Tobacco Hope. That sounds so We wrong. shall push it on the children. There is hope for our future well, well, business. Well, their strap line. Do it gets get, better. Do they get a free packet in their back lunch It gets better. Day? Talent comes from hard work, the school says. Tobacco helps you become talented, says one slogan, in foot-high gilt letters on the front of the school. And you can see a picture of it. Obviously, listeners can't see it, but they can look it up. Really? Um, Yes. Tobacco helps you become talented. So there's some (laughs) obvious um, scenarios there that need to be changed. That's horrible. Anyway, there you go. Um, Right. Great. Well done, guys. It's time for, uh, this is rather related, China Jedi topic time. Ting-ba-dong. You got it all right. 
Yes, here we are then. Tying a job at Ting Luck Dong Dang Ning. That was, I don't know what happened there. Um, apologies. Uh, <laughs> I'm still shaking my head at that dwayne. Um, I can't believe yes, that. Yes, you are. Do you want, pass him a tissue, Tommy. He looks like he's starting to cry. <laughs> you a bucket. I'm going to be sick. It's worrying, isn't it, Anthony? Anyway, topic of the week is actually just about what we've just gone over. Um, okay, so this question, because we, we answer topics that come in from our listeners. Um, this was a question sent in from a Miss Karaoke. And she's based in Xi'an at the moment, which I guess is where the um, the Terracotta Army bits and bobs are. Is that like Carrie? Her first name is Carrie. Karaoke. And her second name is Yoshi. Oh yeah, it sounds a bit like karaoke, doesn't she? <laughs> she? She do well in Japan. They love karaoke. <laughs> okay. um, right, quickly, favorite place in China that you've been? Because we didn't ask that. Because Xi'an is, is one that people go to, isn't it? Xi'an. Yeah, Xi'an. Sorry, Xi'an. Beijing. Beijing, yeah? Really? Beijing, yeah. Okay. Let's not discuss that too much, but it's good to have a positive, because um, we have a lot of people on that don't like no, Beijing's Beijing. Beijing's great. Actually. Lots of culture. Well, Beijing. you change your mind all the time, actually, don't you? Um, okay. <laughs> Where are we? Right. She asks, why is it that many Chinese smoke everywhere, even in lifts with no smoking signs on? Now, before we go anywhere on this, I'll say it one more time. Why is it that many Chinese smoke everywhere, even in lifts with no smoking signs on? Now, that means... The lift has smoking signs in it. It doesn't mean there are no smoking signs in it, just in case you're confused with that question. So she's saying she's even seen people smoke in lifts with smoking signs on the lifts that says you're not allowed um, to smoke. Yeah, okay. Yeah, been there before. Yeah, right. Well, funny enough, um, I've got some facts that I've been armed with from the researchers, and I think we should start this topic um, forthwith with them. It's quite alarming, this, I have to say. Smoking in China is prevalent, as the People's Republic of China is the world's largest consumer and producer of tobacco. There are 350 approximately million Chinese smokers. 350 million. And China produces 42% of the world's cigarettes. Shabadot. Maybe. For for the whole world or just... The world's cigarettes that are made. 42% are made here. It's a big country, isn't it? We always have to think about that. The China National Tobacco Corporation, Zhongguo Yantao, Zhonggongsi, is by sales the largest single manufacturer of tobacco products in the world and boasts Boo. and boasts a monopoly in mainland China generating between this this is you can see why seven and ten percent of government's revenue. Yeah. So within the Chinese Guanxi system, tobacco is still a ubiquitous gift, acceptable on any occasion, particularly outside of urban areas. Um, tobacco control legislation, listeners, does exist, <clears throat> but public enforcement is rare, thing to non-existent outside of the most highly internationalised cities such as Shanghai and Beijing. Outside the mainland, however, enforcement is strong in the Hong Kong Special Administrative Region. Furthermore, outside of the largest cities in China, smoking is considered socially acceptable anywhere at any time, even if it is technically illegal. That's not just smoking, I would say, comes mm. into mind when I read that. So, um, oh, by the way, before we get into this, so China's the largest consumer, right? What do you um, reckon? And producer. So. Yeah, what do you reckon the other countries are then coming after that? Give me the next three. Ooh. Yeah. I just remember the Greeks were big smokers. I remember going into a shop in Greece and there were people smoking while they were looking at clothes. You, by numbers, you would probably say America, yeah. but they're getting a lot no. more health conscious. So yes. I would say maybe somewhere in South America. Possibly. Well, come on, let's put some, some ideas out. So we've got China at the top. Well done, China. Italy, maybe, but they're quite small, aren't they? Yeah, so quite small. Yeah, some of you Russia, Russia, maybe? Russia? Russia's not even in there. Oh, yeah, in the top four. Yeah. Next. 
Makes everything a lot more complicated then. I'll tell you what, I'm going to help you along. Africa? Nope. Maybe... What about... Is, ah, is... Um, Ma- Ma- Morocco or something? Morocco, no, again, quite small. I was probably saying, we're figuring out numbers here. So the next one is India. Yeah? Okay. Uh, okay. I'll have a good cigarette. Yeah. That, that, that was the second most obvious... Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, so I, I, you said <laughs> the words yourself. Um, then the next one... Another Asia? I would no, say quite a lot in Asia. Brazil. Maybe, Brazil. Brazil, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Something yeah. like uh, playing football on the beach with a cigarette in your mouth. <laughs> and uh, the next one is, uh, God bless some um, United States of America. Yeah. Okay. Number four. Yeah. So cool, the Marlboro Man with the hat on it. Because they're so expensive, the cigarettes. Yeah. There. Yeah. Okay, so great. Um, guys, I remember... Going into a sauna once in a gym I used to go to, and there were two men in the sauna smoking cigarettes. In a sauna. In Ooh, a sauna. That would be horrible. And that was about seven years ago. You were here? Yeah. When I saw that. So they're just stewing in their own smoke eternally. Yeah. There really is no answer to this situation if that's going on. What's your experience? Yeah, people uh, here seem to be smoking pretty much wherever they want. And uh, these being uh, just the way they've been brought, right? I don't think they've they, they, they've seen anything different or better in their life. So, and probably their dad or um, the the grandpa the grandpa was smoking also the same way, pretty much everywhere he wanted to. So there's no reason for them not to be doing the same. And nobody told them not to. Mm. Yeah, it's all boils down to education. It was exactly the same in England in the seventies when so, I was a kid. In, 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 it's yeah, no uh, different. The first thing that comes to me also is that I don't really agree with the with the question because people here ask they, they they are smoking everywhere, but I, I feel like the question is like why here more than anywhere else? But if you think a few years back, mm. we were smoking on a plane, like in Europe or whatever. We were smoking pretty much everywhere. It's just things changed all the time because. We just started to realize, oh, maybe it's not so good to smoke close to the children. Maybe it's not so good to smoke close by, like, women or people who don't want to smoke or don't want to be bothered by smoke. So, yeah, so, you know, talking to plenty. It's very, very forgiving of you, but, yeah, I agree. It, is, it does boil down to education. Because well, I remember when I was a kid, even my own parents, my mother's yeah, probably yeah. going to be That's what upset with me for mentioning it because she'll be listening to this. But yeah. when, like, when I was a kid, they used to smoke in the car, and it made me feel right. physically sick. My dad and then it got to the point where they realised that, oh, perhaps we should stop doing this, it's not... As you were choking. And also, when my dad used to take me to the rugby club, and that's not his fault, you know, it was just, like I say, the general attitudes of people yeah, in so England in the 70s. Saying. You know, there were kids running around in this rugby club, and I remember the, the, the bar was so smoky that my eyes would be stinging. And I had to go outside yeah. for some fresh air to stop my eyes hurting, not my lungs hurting, literally my eyes. And people, people just didn't know. They didn't uh, yeah, you're yeah, absolutely right. I think China, uh, China Toma raises a good point there, which balances the, the question out somewhat, I think. Um, talking of planes, though, Toma, there's a guy called James Floor Cruz, interesting surname, um, CNN, Beijing Bureau Chief Correspondent. And he said, when he first came to China 39 years ago, now, 39 years ago, airlines distributed cigarettes free of charge during flight. Oh, Wonderful wow, service. Really? Hotel rooms were invariably furnished with free packs of cigarettes. At meetings and conferences, filtered tipped cigarettes were standard features on the podium alongside writing pads, pencils and ashtrays. Non-smoking cars were unheard of on trains. Yeah. The power of industry. Yeah. So, um... It's, it's just one of these things. I, and I, I do feel that 
as a country becomes more developed, attitudes change. That's my point. Well, I think that things thing over time are going to change, and as it changed in, uh, in Europe, because I, I don't know so much about other, other places, yeah. things slowly are going to improve, and uh, we can see already that it's changing. It's, it's going to take time, because they are obviously a bit more than, uh, than in France, for example. The biggest problem, I think, you said it was, what, 70% of government funding? No, no, I didn't say that. Let's what, screw the facts, Anthony. It's bringing seven to ten percent of government. Oh, seven to that, ten. That, sorry, that's that's the thing. It's a catch twenty two situation so because that's, that's probably a good thing. It generates well. a lot of money. It does, but seven to ten percent—that's not too bad. And so does having people go to hospital with smoking related illnesses. You have to pay money to get better. Talking of hospitals—that was the worst case I've ever seen. When I took my son to the child's ward once. There was a guy smoking cigarette in the children's ward. That's where I drew the line. I right. had to tell him off. And Let's talk about this, Anthony. Apparently, nearly 60% of male Chinese doctors are smokers, which is the highest proportion in the world. China does not have laws to punish healthcare facilities, medical workers and health officials who violate smoking bans and is instead relying on the Chinese media to act as a watchdog. Smoking is a social custom in the PRC and giving cigarettes any social interaction is a sign of respect and friendliness. I, I walked out the Japanese restaurant yesterday and the, the Lao Ban I was talking to <coughs> got a pack of cigarettes out, Japanese, and um, offered me one. It's just the way. We, I mean, how many cigarettes have we all been offered in certain situations? Um, in England, you'd never get offered one because no. uh, they're so damn expensive. Um, <laughs> anyway, I've just a, a thought of mine. When I worked at the health clinic, you know, down the road, yeah. and I set up the international clinic, I made a big effort to write to the bosses um, through my team in Chinese to say, look, why don't we become the first health facility in Zhuhai to have a smoke-free zone? Not just inside the hospital, which people in the West would take as obvious, but mm -hmm. certainly not here, but actually outside the hospital as well. Like, you cannot smoke outside the hospital. You have to go to the park or something, you know. And the boss agreed. The boss agreed. But all the other people, it was never, you know, it was... Was non-existent but they're probably going to say yes but are they really going to do it there to then enforce well, it, it and this, that's the great word Anthony we need to talk about enforcement because on three separate occasions I caught our x-ray technician having a cigarette round the back and the first time I caught him it was quite obvious second time he went and hit somewhere a little bit more <laughs> unobvious and I sadly caught him because I was in the room at the time doing something and, and then and the second time, you know, I spoke to the manager and said, look, what can we do about this? How do we enforce this situation? Because clearly it's the rule is not being yeah, respected. Um, and then the third time he, I, I caught him, you just realised that, you know, you're, you're running up and, uh, and up with slope mm. with the water gushing down on you. Now, if you go to the centre now, listeners, you guys, you'll see that there are about 50 no smoking signs um, around the hospital. <laughs> and what I found is... I think most Chinese that go there think that's where you're meant to smoke. Because <laughs> they see the sign and it's got a, a round circle and a cigarette in it. Of course, there's a cross through it. But, you know, mm. it's, the, it's just the way it plays. Maybe they think it means you must not be caught not smoking here. <laughs> yes. Maybe, 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 maybe so, Anthony. Well, anyway, let's talk about males and females, shall we? 50% of men in China apparently are smokers. 50%? Yeah. How many, how many do you think for women? Oh, much lower. Oh. 30, maybe not even 30. No. 50, well, I don't know, 50%. maybe you'd be surprised. 5%. Oh, I tell you Five. something, when really? I go to the bigger low. cities, where it's a bit more trendy, got a bit more expendable money, I see a lot more women down the streets looking disgusting holding a cigarette. Sorry, that's just my, my view. 
It's quite a rare thing in China to see a girl smoking, I must admit. But I think it's getting more, I, I see it more. It, I, I don't think socially it's uh, something that they, they, they perceive, they, they see uh, like uh, as uh, correct here. Yeah, also. it's a very manly thing in I China, think, isn't yeah. it? There's a culture of men trying to act cool as teens and they get hooked and can't stop. Um, there's a strong Chinese, strong culture for businessmen to drink and smoke, especially during meetings where it may be considered rude to refuse either a toast or a cigarette. And I think this is a big one. Historically, China's leaders, Mao Zedong, Deng Xiaoping, were very heavy smokers and always photographed with a cigarette. And even actually many Chinese celebrities today, artists and athletes, smoke in public. So I think a lot of Chinese associate wealth and sophistication with puffing a cigarette. Uh, that's true. Uh, I think yeah. many people yeah. underestimate yeah. the uh, power of industry and public perception of uh, media. Remember the Marlborough guy sitting to the side, a cowboy with the hat on, smoking a Marlborough cigarette? It was just an amazing advert. Yeah. Can you remember it? You're sitting there yeah, with yeah, yeah. yeah. If you like cowboys. How, yeah, but you like do have grown up a kid. Clint, you watch Cowboys Clint and Eastwood 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 anyway. Man, but... My point is this. I think, and this is my opinion, and I'd like to go deeper another time to actually know where it comes from, this belief, but I think smoking is so damn cool. Yeah. Yeah? It's one of the coolest things you can physically do. No. Pick out a cigarette. Yeah. It's that... It's that Unless, yeah, unless no. it's... Only if it's talking Bob Marley. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. Bob Marley. But, Marley. I mean, we, I, I smoke <laughs> from time to time. I'm not going to say... I'm not a smoker. A smoker. And, and, you know, we all have, yeah? Um, even Anthony... Um, you smoke lots of things, don't you? And uh, sometimes... <laughs> yeah, go get the crack pipe out <laughs> once a week. Listen, as he is joking. Um, yeah, so it's... Go and stand on a corner to provide funds for my habit. It's clearly one of these cultural issues, though, that will take decades of public education to change. Okay. I think that seems to be the concerted Absolutely. Education is always the key. Most quicker changes, Anthony, proven in many countries, would be higher tobacco taxes, yeah? Warning labels on packs with graphic pictures and the crucial banning, of course, of smoking in all public areas. Now, this has happened even in Zhuhai. Uh, London Lounge doesn't allow you to smoke anymore until oh, yeah. really? after 10 o'clock, I think. <laughs> That's a start. Um, but apparently, I've been told it's going to start to be enforced soon. Now, that's where we start to pick up pace on laws, when we start to enforce them, right? Again, like we said, though, enforcement, that's the key. No one yeah, that is the key. tends to really enforce these things, do they? Yeah, absolutely right. But the, the, the way you make it sound also is, like, is that um, us as foreigners, we should like help them to enforce or like we should probably uh, like ring the alarm for them and explain them that it's not so good and that they, they should... But if, if they don't want to do it by themselves, yeah. right? Yeah. Who are we to tell them how to... Uh, absolutely. If they want to smoke in their... Bar, they, I think this is one of the reasons why so many Chinese don't come to the like Western... Uh, uh, places like uh, restaurants or bar that are owned by foreigners because we have those rules like oh uh, don't smoke inside or mm. when there is no one then you can start to smoke or whatever you go to any chinese bar they are packed every single day of the week yeah. and they're smoking like non-stop uh, inside or it doesn't matter no one likes a good rule especially when it's there to help your health hey leading so by example right that's the thing and like we were saying about hospitals the trouble is you can have no smoking signs but, up, but you, when you have the doctor yeah that's true Anthony stood there smoking why what uh, everyone else is going to smoke too so the, the, the point I think is just why would you want them to change if they don't want to change themselves and, and they don't have any reason to, to change well I'll give you a reason Tom I'll give you one very good reason okay. smoking is estimated to kill more than one million Chinese people a year 
Okay, wow. they die from chronic respiratory ailments like tuberculosis and emphysema, and from cancers affecting the lungs, mouth, liver, and stomach. Now, I'm sure those people that go through those grueling diseases and 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 pain and all that that affects them, the medication, have loved ones and family that would love for maybe some leaders like doctors to stand up, even foreigners, uh, maybe sometimes in a non-weird way, to show a better way of lifestyle. Um, but I, I totally hear what you're what you're saying there, buddy. Um, deaths attributable to tobacco in China will rise to 3.5 million per year by 2030. Um, that's just quite incredible. There's a popular saying, by the way: "A smoke after dinner is better than life after death." Mm. Really? Put that in your pipe and smoke it, Anthony. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's, <laughs> yeah. A, that's a, an advertising slogan. Or? <laughs> I don't know. It's just a popular saying, apparently. Uh, and here's the other thing, right? This is a flip, flipping it. Smoking. Does it really kill you? Look at Deng Xiaoping. 92 years old. He smokes yeah, all well, the time. There's always the odd <laughs> phenomenon, isn't there? The odd, the odd outlier. Yeah, yeah, always, that's that. always the excuse, isn't it? You know, you'll yes. have to say, my gran lived to 99 yes, and she smoked yes. every day. Must be in my genes. So, yeah. Yeah. I think okay, it must be because what smoking does, it just... Uh, Increase your chance of developing a cancer. One mm. of those uh, diseases it increases. It doesn't, increases, yeah. it doesn't create, doesn't uh, make you, it doesn't kill you per se. Indirectly. Yeah. Yeah. So some people are just more resilient to, uh, to it, I guess. Well, I think the other big thing we haven't really touched on is well, you did a bit the passive smoking argument. That's, I mean, that's the one. Uh, that's the one that is bad, and that yeah, I, that- I react to. And it's, it's proven as well. We're not, we're not just, you know, we're not, there's no need to debate this. I remember Roy Castle, famous comedian in Liverpool, when I actually set up my business creating smoking bins for the smoking ban because the smoking was not allowed in bars and that. So they all had to buy these bins they put outside the restaurants and hotels. And that's what brought me to China in the first place. That's a long story for another time. But this guy, Roy Castle, was a comedian, an onstage comedian. So every night he would go to nightclubs and bars and stuff to talk on stage, make people laugh. Never smoked. He died of lung cancer. So there was a a charity set up, which actually my company, we donated um, a lot of money to. For every bin that we sold, we donated some money to this charity. And that was all about increasing the education, as we said, going into schools and places like this, telling people the facts. You know, they speak for themselves. This stuff indirectly or directly kills you. Um, you may need to think about that, especially if what you're doing is affecting other people around them. I'm, I'm okay for Mr. So-and-so and Mrs. So-and-so to have a cigarette. That's fine. Freedom. Big up to you. Sometimes, you know, in certain situations, I like to have a cigarette. I put it up there now, and I'm even in the health business. But then sometimes I like to have a, a, a naughty milkshake or something like that, lots of sugar in. <laughs> Let's live a bit. The problem is is when you have people that don't really understand what they're doing and how they're affecting people, affecting people, by fact. So, people like us, people out there now, we need to talk about it. Yeah. Consideration. Consideration. Mm, and expectation. Um, okay, lovely. Tom, do you want to add anything on that before you light your second cigarette up? <laughs> <laughs> Anthony? No, I think we covered uh, quite a lot there. Do you remember the camel, the doctors in America in the 60s? There's pictures of them advertising camel cigarettes. These are the healthiest cigarettes you can smoke. No way. Yeah, I mean, there you go. You can look it up. A classic black and white advert. So, you know, again, if anyone's out there in China and we think we're having a go at China, absolutely not. China gel is always balanced. And like you said, Miss Karaoke, we do need to think about it from, um, from both viewpoints there. Yeah. Okay, great. Lovely. Well... Time to move on and jingle jangle it up. Jingle jangle John Wen. I wanted to make it real simple.
jingle jangly John Wen then. Let's learn a bit of Chinese, shall we? After I've just finished my third cigarette. Um, <laughs> only joking, listeners. Yes, jingle jangle John Wen. We have a bit of Chinese. Tom, and normally we ask our guests, um, you speak some good Chinese, of course, a, a well-used phrase that you like to use. Before you give it to us, you have something, right? Yes, yeah. I do. Before you do it, give us a situation where you would use this before you give us a, because a you know, day in your life. I usually uh, use that at work um, if I'm uh, looking at crowns or whatever, and some of the technicians are like uh, asking me. If, like the, the the most random thing is, uh, oh, when are you going to uh, come back again uh, this afternoon? And uh, so I give them the time. They're like, oh, you're working hard. Oh, I see. And then, okay. So you're doing your stuff. You're going out. They're doing their stuff, looking at crowns. Crowns for the teeth, listeners, yes. not, yes. not, not, not royal, royal yeah. crowns. <laughs> and they're doing their work, but you're going out. So you're feeling guilty that you're going out? No. No? No, no. It's you're a... going out for a cigarette, aren't you? No, I'm going, <laughs> going to go somewhere else for work. So I'm just okay. uh, in and out. And uh, so they, they are just making sure like, when I'm going to come back and whenever I tell them that I'll be back like, precisely at this time or whatever, they you always like, comment on this, are you working so hard? Okay, so they say it to you? Yes. And what do they say? No, they, they're asking me... No, like, your, and your response... And is... my response is... Bishuda. Okay, so they'll say something like... Shinkula to yes, you. Yes, yes. Which, of course, I think we did a few episodes ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're basically like... Oh, don't you how shinku, eh? I'm like... Eh, bishuda. And, okay, Bishuda. Okay, Bishuda. Yeah. Bishuda. Yeah, I, I actually have to say... I didn't... I, I've not really heard this one before. It might be a little ring of a bell. Um, so, Bishuda. So, what's the tones there? Can we break it down? What's the tones we got there for... Oh, I think uh, you guys should help me with that, because uh, basically I just... Uh... We've got... Okay, so, I mean, I'll be handing it. We've got B, should, uh, So we've got three particles. The first one is B, which is fourth tone. B. Yeah. Which means, uh, like, a must. Yeah, okay. And then we've got shu, which is first tone. Which yeah. is... Uh, to be. To be. So must to be. And then we've got dust kind of... Of, uh, like, yeah. Uh, of, yeah. yeah. Just of, like they, they had these. I think it's more of a slang. You... you probably won't need to to have that but it's just the way to say it so be sure that, so it's kind of must to be um basically take it's like i have to have to yeah it's it's necessary i i, I must i have to uh to work hard yeah you have to work hard so but i guess it would be kind of like saying of course maybe in a way also yeah also uh, but in more yeah. in the it's uh, well, I have to but I think the way it's it, it, it's it's more supposed to mean that uh, it's obligatory I don't think mm. yeah you must you have to you have to show the is that a word yeah yeah you're the leader <laughs> yes yeah your obligation yes. obligatory so, I'm... like you you have to but the way the way we say it to each other it's really it doesn't really we don't necessarily mean it we just like yeah. oh, deception. So it's generally uh, if someone says something to you that uh, you feel is a necessity, you can you, you can, can just reply that, yeah. bishuda. And usually I'll make them smile because uh, I think this is not something they hear foreigners say uh, that often. Oh, there you go, Anthony. Okay. Yes, locals love it when you speak their local yeah, yeah, language. Yeah, yeah. That's of course locals everywhere. Okay. Should. So how to say kind of have to? Yes, it's necessary that mm. I do this. Is bishuda. You should have. You should have. Oh, there you go. Yes, it's necessary that you must listen to I all must. the podcasts exactly. of Joe Jedi. <laughs> you should have. Yes. Yes, Anthony, before we part. Yes, listen to China Jedi. Yeah. You should have. You should have. 
Thank you. More cop man. Okay, let's move on then. Great. Into the uh, the great joke of John War. It's joke time then. Um, we say a joke given to us by our esteemed researchers um, from a Chinese angle. Uh, let's get the joke up today then. Anthony, thankfully it's not as long as the one you said uh, the last episode. <laughs> oh, it was a good one though. I like that one. It was a cracker. It was a cracker. It really was. Well, this one, this one's called um, Huang Fu and the Bottle of Wine Parable. Okay. Mm. No wine, of course, in the studio today, listeners. Yeah, like I had usual. Had enough of your wine. <laughs> yes, very good. <laughs> so Huang Fu was a very rich man who was deliberately tough on his farmhand Hop. His name was the person who worked for him. Huang Fu gave Hop a bottle and said, "Buy me a bottle of wine." Hop, the poor farmhand. It, what, what's a farmhand? A guy that works on the farm. Hands you on, hands that, on. That, yeah, helps you on the farm. Why would you give him a bottle and say, buy me a bottle? I guess he's got to go and go pour and it fill in. It. Yeah, okay. We're in those days. Great. Hop, the poor farmhand, inquired, how can I buy you wine with no money at all? Huang Fu replied disdainfully, anyone can buy wine with money. It takes real skill to buy wine without money. Yes, I guess it would. Huang Fu. Time elapsed and Hop eventually returned. Farmhand returned with an empty bottle. He handed the bottle to Huang Fu and murmured, enjoy the wine please. Staring at the empty bottle with some dismay, Huang asked, there is no wine, how can I enjoy this? Hop replied to Huang Fu with a straight face, anyone can enjoy wine if there is some. It takes real skill to enjoy wine when there is none. <laughs> Huang Fu made a choking sound but was unable to utter a word. So that's more of a parable, I'd say, than a joke there. But still, you get the point, huh? Yeah. Yeah, very clever. Hop. Right, well... Sounds like a bit of Chinese wisdom. Indeed. Like shall we? <laughs> so let's hop on then, shall we, to Jedi Sif of the Wee. Oh, we chat, we shim, we chat, we shim, we chat, we shim me. Jedi Sif of the Wee, then. Uh, something good, something bad. Who wants to crack one open? Start with the bad. Okay, let's, let's go, for a, go for a sift. You ready for this, Tyler? Give yeah, us I your sift of the week. Go for it. So, um, I'm on my way uh, out for work, and uh, as soon as I drive out uh, the basement, the parking, on, in the middle of the road, there's that old woman pushing the stroller with what appears to be a grandson or granddaughter, mm. and there is that massive sidewalk that is brand new, super flat because they make that excuse that it's not flat so they prefer to, to walk uh, yes. on the street and there is like really a lot of cars and people are not really that careful and it's early in the morning so it's really crowded people are in a rush to go to work or whatever there she is walking in the middle of the road with a stroller and she's completely oblivious about how dangerous it is um. and she has a child wow and I just it makes me mad every time I see stuff like this because I wish I could just like explain them in a really good Chinese like, mm. and they could explain me why why yeah, are they what's walking the thinking, yeah. Yeah, what, what, what's the thinking process here Ex explain me clearly so I can <laughs> understand because right now I'm just really confused you're putting your life and your, the life of your grandson or granddaughter at risk for what reason same with those two guys in the sauna I wanted to ask them exactly the same thing <laughs> it's funny <laughs> that there's a, a, a saying in China that I've, I've had a lot um, when I've asked why, and there are a, a lot of the time the answer is Buweishima, there is no wine. Yeah. Which is the most infuriating <laughs> answer ever. Well, there's, there's to me no that wine. means no thinking. There is no thinking. No. It's funny though, because your your um, Sith kind of links to mine. Great, actually. Sith it out then. It's uh, inconsiderate people. 
Excellent. Right, my it, Sif is... Um, <laughs> come on, let me explain a little bit. Just a tiny bit. Come on, Auntie. But there are people that go through life, whether it be walking, cycling, driving, without looking where they're going, just doing their own thing without considering anyone else and just blindly blundering through life without considering anyone else around them. Those Smoking. kind of people, they bother me. Yeah. Is that your Sif? You've gone for a real general one. I like that. Yeah, just inconsiderate people. People that blunder through life without thinking of anyone else. Yeah. And of course, I, look, we are no way perfect, especially you, Anthony. And, uh, <laughs> but, you know, we're all inconsiderate in our own way sometimes. Of course, all unconscious. We never actually realise it. So um, remember, everyone, try and do something considerate today. Um, like hang sending... On, hang on, you're going to cut out my jelly. Calm down. Oh, Go okay. on to your I was going to say, like, sending <laughs> us a, a nice review. Um, had that terrible one of you the other day. We'll have to, re- have to read that again at some point, if we're allowed. Okay, um, my SIF is um, uh, the visa process. Um, and I'm just going to say that, because anyone who has a company of themselves and they have to go through this stuff, um, it, it's just, it's life-sapping, it really is. Um, so visa process, uh, before I get angry about this, let's move on to the <laughs> okay. Jedi's of the week. Shall I start? Yeah, wow. go for it. Uh, well, that would be my uh, newborn uh, daughter. She just uh, lighted up my mood, so I see my teeth uh, at the beginning of the day, but then when I finished work and I got back home, Aww, just a smile, smile your and boom, lovely. everything's gone. There you go. Yeah, well, as they grow older, Toma, believe me, that changes. I <laughs> know, <laughs> <laughs> when, when was your daughter born then? Three months ago. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, marvellous. Yeah, congratulations. And uh, yes, I don't think you beat that, can you, Anthony? Not the beating Jedi's, but... Probably not. Come on, but, uh, Considerate people, so the opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> people that sense. consider, why not? You are, you know? yeah. People that think of others, you know? People really that go through life, and instead of being inconsiderate, they consider their actions and how they affect other people. Do you know, if you were a philosopher, you'd be the most annoying philosopher in the whole <laughs> Brilliant. world. That's my <laughs> you could just annoy, settle on that mountain. Annoy people no one would visit you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Thank you for that, Anthony. Uh, my one is Rocky Dang. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Rocky from Kai Ping. Kai Ping. We, we did a, a pod, the China Jedi tour. We, we got invited up to Kai Ping. Um, there's a guy there. We have to call him a... What's the word I have? Anthropologist, kind no, of? A philanthropist. Ph- philanthropist, sorry. <laughs> Philanthropism. He's, um, <laughs> he's got involved donating a lot of money, but more time and effort into um, revitalising areas of Kaiping. And I don't know if you know much about Kaiping, but on Very the outskirts is these old Diaolus watchtowers, and there's some real ancient history, a lot of emigration of Chinese to America in the gold rush, and, oh. and Australia and Canada. And it's a, a really interesting place, isn't it, Anthony? Yeah, cool Hong Kong guy, ploughing his uh, money into restoring these old buildings. This area. And, Cool place. You've got lots of architecture from all over the world there. Really? It's, you know, built in the ni- early 1900s. There's actually one, Anthony, I was speaking to Rocky about, one um, in the Ming Dynasty, 1546, I think, one of the yeah. islands. We'll have to visit that next time we go. So there's some real history there. But they've got a great uh, building, a great centre, community centre in Tanko, which is a district there in Kaiping. And um, they've reconverted um, two big factories, watch factories, and some other old buildings, and they have a bar and a restaurant there and an 80-bed hostel. They've got lots of students going there, so I think we're going to go next yes, weekend Don't again. digress too much, though. The point was Rocky, right? Yeah. So Rocky or Jedi. He is the Jedi, yeah. Yeah. Good, good cycling there. 
Yeah, I'd like to take my own bike there sometime. I'm going to donate the tandem bike we have. We never use oh, yeah. it up there for, for lovers. So when you go out there with um, there you go. with your boy, um, your um, your wife um, <laughs> on a nice romantic weekend, though he is highly, um, then uh, you can use it, Anthony, if you put the seat back properly. Um, okay, uh, let's move on then to um, you like this one, Anthony. CJ plug time. If you enjoy listening to the China Jedi podcast and want to get involved, either by asking a question, expressing your opinion, good or bad, light or dark, or even appearing as a special guest, then get in touch by emailing our team at info at chinajedi.com. That's info at chinajedi.com. May the smile be with you. Okay, plug time. Let's uh, promote some good stuff going around in the community, all the world. Who wants to start with this one? I can just promote something really fast. Fast is good. Uh, across from Wafa uh, Xinchang, so Wafa New Town, yeah. there is that big vanguard, and right beside the vanguard, there is a basketball court and a soccer mm. pitch. 3G pitch, right? Yes. And uh, with also a few uh, ping pong table and uh, badminton, uh, how do you call it? Yeah, yeah. The, the free ones? Or? Yeah, yeah, the free ones. But yeah, I mean, I play, I, play, I play basketball a lot, and uh, unfortunately, we are not that many foreigners playing basketball in July, so it's more of a a call if uh, anyone wants to play. That's, uh, that's what time? What time are you out there? Yeah. We would be on Sundays usually uh, between five to seven. It gets a bit cooler, yeah. Yeah, five to seven by the Vanguard, three G pitch. Um, look out for Thomas the Frenchman. Okay, marvelous. That's great, um, Anthony. Ted, you know the TED talks, T E D. I love yeah, my TED Talks. They are brilliant, aren't Tom they? Tom has a slight look of confusion on his face. You've not heard of TED Talks? Nope. Do you know I what it stands for? They're kind of like uh, technology. Yeah, education. education. Oh, what's the D? Uh, oh. Dumbasses like me. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah they're great, aren't they? Technology, education, discussions, is it? Yeah. I forget. I can't remember. They're really cool, though. They're kind of like podcasts, but they're with videos. They get uh, guests on from all sorts of different backgrounds. Okay. Um, mm. Primarily around technology and education, but they, they can talk about all sorts of many things. But you can download an app on your phone or go to the website, www.ted.com, and loads of really cool, interesting topics. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah check them out. Something. They're really, really cool. It, yeah, it's just infinite amounts of you know, information. One day they'll uh, hopefully have uh, China Jedi on there talking about hmm. how, how to do the worst what podcast episodes in the world. world. How yeah. to do a podcast yeah. the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> how to get two idiots to do something useful. Um, okay, great. Thanks for that, Anthony. Ted away. Um, I'm going to go with just uh, completely different. I went to, I took my wife out the other night. It doesn't happen much for all the kids um, these days, as you'll find out soon, Tom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we went to this place uh, five years ago, we went there, and I didn't think it would still be there. It's called Hill Cocktail Bar. Oh. And it's around up the hill, obviously, um, by Bohemia on Joe Baggio, yes. the, the original Joe Baggio. And it's, you go down into a basement, and it's very, um, I've been there, yeah. very, you know, British esque, you know, nice leather sofas and cigars, and it's very smoky. Don't go there if you're. Not into passive smoking. Um, and they've got just an array of cocktails. Um, and it's a nice place to go to talk quietly and be away from the crowd. So Hill Cocktail Bar. Don't crowd it up too much um, if you go down there. Lovely. Mm. Right. Let's get back into the, uh, the guess who. We've got to remember. Ooh, indeed. As they say in front. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Do you need an extra clue? I'd like that. Okay, great. Well, 
Here's the clue. This person was an ancient Chinese military general, strategist and philosopher who's believed to have written the famous ancient Chinese book on military strategy da, 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 called The Art of War. Right, yeah. Through his legends and the influential The Art of War, he had a significant impact on Chinese and Asian history and culture. The book drew immense popularity during the 19th and 20th centuries when the Western society saw its practical use. This work still has continued its impact on both Asian and Western culture and politics. Anthony, this has to be the easiest one you've had so far. Um, are we feeling hot? T-Z-U? Is it Zhu? So it's uh, generally a person has a first name and a last name. So to get it right, you're going to have to give me <laughs> ah, both there names. Ah, you go. technicalities. If you heard yourself there, you were giving me lots of different oh, names. Oh, I'm, I'm not going to be helping you at Ooh. all. I'm really bad on that. Okay. I can't remember his other name. General. He's called General. Mm. Some general name. That's your final answer, then, is it? <laughs> general Tzu. T-Z-Z-U, right? I okay. I, I tell you what, I'd give you this. I'd give you it if it was up to me. But as you know, it's not. <laughs> I'm being told I can't give it to you. Yeah, you can. Shut up, listeners. Uh, not listeners. Shut up, researchers. Don't you, don't researchers. you tell our listeners to shut up. You can't hear them from there. Tell You're them to shut thin up. thin ice, Anthony, I've been told before, okay? It's melting fast. Sorry, listeners. Okay, mean. the answer, listeners, and I'm sure you all know, except for um, Toma, um, because of course you've been busy. Lao, Lao Tzu, Lao Tzu. Is it? L A O. You know, T-Z-U. you know when you start digging a hole. Lao Tzu. And no. you realise you don't need to dig a hole. You Wait. stop digging generally. Okay. Is that wrong? Uh, here we go. The answer to the guess who is Sun Tzu. Sun Tzu. Yeah, and of course the famous book, The Art of War. Um, by Sun Tzu is very famous. I actually, oh, I've read the, the. I've heard of it. Yeah, I'm sure you'd have heard. But just couldn't remember the guy. Yeah. I thought it was just the way. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sun Tzu. Does he really also refer to as Lao Tzu though? Like I Lao, think, just the old Lao yeah, Tzu. Yeah, I, I think I think Tzu. you might be right. The listeners are saying you're not right. Uh, sorry. <laughs> See, it's your turn now. <laughs> the researchers. The listeners are probably also we saying have nothing that. against you, listeners. <laughs> it's the researchers we are trying. Okay, to well, look, Anthony. Let's finish this pod. Um, the last Empress song we end with is always original music from around the Delta, and of course the world it can be. This one, uh, this song's from a band called Space Folk, who I know very well. They played at the Magic Island, and uh, the song is called... Yeah, great band, great people, good lads. Yeah, the song is called Star Bullet. Um, Thomas, it's been great having you on. Thank Merci you. beaucoup, mon ami. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and Anthony, well, as always, well, well done. Thanks, Thomas. Yeah, so, Did Star I- Bullet by Space Folk... This is China Jedi, people.
thank you for listening to the China Jedi podcast, shining humor, love and light on Chinese life. May the smile be with you.